Welcome to She Can and She Will. My name is Marianne Brown, also known as the Country Mompreneur. I'm joined by my co-host, Deesa McAllister. We are moms, work-from-home experts, and queens at helping women take control of their lives. On this show, you will learn from us as well as other women who kick butt in their lives and want to help you do the same. So sit back and get ready for some fun. Well, welcome to She Can and She Will. And today we're being joined by Crystal Holm, the CEO of Designed Life Studio. Welcome, Crystal. Well, I'm glad to be here. Yay. So first of all, I want to say I'm very excited to have you here because I'm addicted to any shows that have to do with designing and cleaning up a home or anything like that because I'm horrible at design. I love beautifully decorated things, but I'm horrible at doing it. So it's very exciting to have you on here. First, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you to where you are today? Sure. Well, actually, I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> um, I, I, that's pretty much everyone that comes into my world. That's mm-hmm. kind of what they say. That's, I guess, why they're coming to me. And it's been like that for as long as I can remember. Um, I, it was sort of my hobby, even as a child, with Barbie Dreamhouse was decorating. <laughs> That's awesome. No. Yeah. So it, it, um, but I sort of always had like this vision, you know, for my life bigger than just decorating. That was more like a hobby sort of Mm -hmm. growing up. My everything else was like this mission to get to this, this life (laughs) that I, that I, that I was really happy with. Um, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I, I totally get that. And it's actually really cool that you were able to have this vision of where you wanted to be and you got to it. A lot of people have that where they're like, I want to do this, I want to do that, but they don't know how to get to that point. So it's really cool that you actually had a vision and got there. I Yeah, I mean, I had, it was sort of like I had a very big picture vision, Mm -hmm. but I had no details. Right. And I, and I think that's the problem for so many people is they don't have any details. Um, that's a, that is a lot of the work that I do with people is getting into the details. It's one of my favorite quotes is design is not design. Design is, is in the details. And I sort of see that life is the same way. Um, if you are not very intentional about the details of your life, then the big picture is not going to look anything at all like what you envisioned. So I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. What are a lot of the problems that they come to you with? Well, um, usually they're coming to me because of my expertise in feng shui. Um, And so they're struggling with a few things. It it might either be um, around money, whether it's, they're not making enough and they'd like to make more or they're making plenty, but it's going out just as fast as it's coming in and they just need to put a plug in it and, and like keep more of what they're actually making. Um, but also when I first started this business, because one of my parts of my vision was I always wanted to have my own business. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what until I, this is like my seventh business. I'll be, you know, where it was just, let me try things and see if this is my thing. I think a lot of entrepreneurs (laughs) try many businesses before they find the the right place to be. Cause that's what I started out. I thought I wanted to do this, then it evolved into something else. And 
you find out that the niche that you want may not have been the first thing that you jumped into. Yeah. And my first, uh, my first niche when I started this particular business, because I had started a, an interior design firm prior to this as business number six. Um, and the feng shui piece was the piece that was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I made that transition to say, okay, I'm not, I won't do design anymore without the feng shui piece. Um, I was also in my personal life at that time, I was on a, a bit of a healing journey, um, or at least at a certain stage in my healing journey. I had, um, I had an incredibly abusive childhood. Um, and at this stage, I was working on healing my relationship with men and having a healthy adult relationship with a man. And so I happened to be in this year-long mastermind group with a dating coach and along with 50 other women, well, 49 other women, because there was 50 <laughs> of us in total. And um, um, and so we were all like looking to find love. And strangely enough, that was when I first threw out like my offer of let me help you function your place to find love. And and then all of them wanted to start businesses. <laughs> Can you, can you tell me real quick for the people, I sort of know what it is, but sort of don't. What is feng shui? Um, well, so feng shui is, it's a, it's sort of an art and a science. It, it comes from China. Um, and it has to do with the flow of energy in your space. Um, observing that, uh, and, and then making calculations based on it so that you can get yourself into sync with that flow and get that flow flowing <laughs> because that's okay. sort of where we get stuck. It's, it's, it's about 3000 years old. Um, it's based in um, architecture and astronomy and physics and design. So it all has to do with um, your relationship with your environment the natural environment and the man-made environment, like inside your home and out. So it's, it's about that um, generally. And there's a lot of misconceptions about it, um, especially in the Western culture since, uh, since about the 1970s, um, there was a new little branch that was developed. And that's primarily what you see in the United States. Um, It's what I call fake feng shui. Um, And that's about, I will conservatively say 90% of the books on the market is fake feng shui. And, the only and so it's thing, not real. One of the only things that I ever absorbed and remembered about feng shui is you're supposed to have your bed facing a certain direction. That's, the only, um, that's like one it, thing that you, I saw once. <laughs> you are. And it has to do with um, the direction that is best for you um, in relation to your energetic frequency. So there you have to do some calculations to come up with that. And each person's is different. Where I see a lot of mistakes with that is like some people will be like, oh, the bed always has to be, what did I see the other day? Facing south, I think. I saw somebody post on Facebook something about like the bed always has to be facing in the south. And I'm like, uh, no, (laughs) that's only for people that, you know, (laughs) um, Crystal, tell us about your proprietary framework, the designed life method. Like I was saying, uh, when I first started, um, 
incorporating the feng shui into interior design, I was working with all these women to help them find love and everybody wanted to start businesses. <laughs> um, and so in this process of, of working with them, right, I was going in and I was wanting to, to do this, um, let's look at the flow of energy in your space, right? Because you're looking for love and, you know, obviously something is blocked in your life. And so we were, I was taking it from what I knew, right? Around, um, around the feng shui and interior design, both, right? Because it was like, well, we're going to design a place. So you have room for love to come in, you know? And, and I would, I would, as I would meet with these women, um, Everything was always the same. They had a whole lot of clutter and no, they were just stuck in like a past relationship. Many of them were first wives club, right? They had right, been married right. and built up their husband's career and then they got divorced, you know, so he could go be with a younger woman. And, and so they were kind of all stuck in this, I'm too old for anything. And, and they were just in this energy of, of not being able to move. And this is really where my propriety, where I started developing this framework. It was in working with them because like I said, prior to this, it was just straight interior design. And it was a lot of, you know, well, here's my empty room. <laughs> Let's start. from. <laughs> and so now I was coming into, Oh my gosh, we have a room full of stuff and, and we got to strip that down <laughs> to get rid of a lot of it, not just the physical stuff, um, some of, a lot of it was physical stuff, but also the, the mental and the emotional stuff, the energetic part of where they were stuck and not able to move into a new relationship. And so I found that, um, for me, that was the logical place to start was with decluttering and like stripping it down to what are the things that, that we love? What are the things that we want to keep and what is everything else that's keeping us from, from moving on? Um, and then, so I sort of had developed that part of, of my working with clients. And then I would go straight into the feng shui part and, and kind of do the pieces of what do we have to add? And I had a lot of success with that, but there was still something missing. Um, in, I had always had, like I had said earlier, I always had this fascination with, um, with decorating and with design, but I also had this fascination with sort of metaphysics and energy and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and magic. And so I had spent most of my teens and twenties and thirties, even, you know, sort of studying that from all different angles of, of how does that kind of work? Um, And then I, I was still kind of part-time, right? I had a business and then I was still had a job, you know, to sort of pay the bills as I was sort of, you know, where you're in that stage of growing the business and you haven't quite been able to make that transition over yet. And I got hurt at my job, um, very badly. Um, it, it turned, it was, it turned into a three-year battle with workman's comp. Um, and I, my, my body deteriorated to the point mm-hmm. that I couldn't walk. Um, 
I, I was super stubborn. So, and I couldn't get medical treatment for everything, for anything, wow. because every time my doctor would try to like send me somewhere, the insurance people, a lot like politicians tried mm-hmm. to make medical decisions for women, the insurance people yeah. would come back and say, we don't really think that you need to go see a specialist to find out what might be wrong. Just, you know, go to physical therapy and that's good enough. (laughs) Um, You know, the problem is I had a torn tendon in my groin. So every time I moved my leg, I was furthering the injury. And all they would do is like send me to physical therapy and harass my doctor. Make it worse. Yeah. Right. And harass my doctor to force me back to work. Um, And it forced me back to work for another few months until the injury got so bad that I suffered what looked like a second injury. Um, they still never determined if it, how they were related or if they were related, that ended up being a whole another big thing. But in the meantime, I was sort of left holding the bag. Like I've got to do something for myself or I'm just, cause nobody seems to care. Like my doctor is, is there, but even at that, they harassed her to the point where her boss was like, I can't treat you anymore. And that's their method. That's what they do. Um, You know, that's what most abusers do, right? I grew Uh up with that. They isolate you. And so you have no help. Um, I grew up with that in my parents. I had a couple of relationships like that with men. (laughs) Like I'm familiar with it. But at this stage, I was very much like, oh, hell no. You know, I have gone through enough. You know, I've done a decade of work on myself to heal of all of the internal things that the baggage that I carried from my childhood that I know my worth. I don't give a shit what you see on the bottom line. My life is worth more than permanent disability because of your negligence. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am permanently disabled as a result of their negligence. Um, And, but in the beginning stages of that, I had to do something. And so, um, and this was sort of where the missing piece came from because, uh, I had had success, you know, like with yoga in the past, right? I hit my thirties and everything got achy and sore when you woke up in the morning and, and, you know, I'd go to yoga for a few months and I'd be like, Oh man, I feel good. <laughs> and then I would, you know, a couple months later, I'd be like, oh, I got my period and I don't feel like going anymore. And mm-hmm. I just like, couldn't, I couldn't maintain it for more than a couple of months. Um, but th- at this point I reached a point where it was like, it kind of felt like life or death to me. It was like mm-hmm. either I'm going to end up in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, or I'm going to do everything I can to prevent that. And so I started to do yoga, but first (laughs) I had to portray the place to be like, I got to make sure all the energy is right so that I am supported like as fully as can be right. Like everything I can put into this, I'll yeah. light candles. I will do every bit of magic I can <laughs> to make this happen. You know, I, I will chant. I will light candles. I will do whatever um, to to make it successful for me. So I feng shui the place, of course, um, mm-hmm. to really be centered around healing. Um, and so when you asked me earlier, like, what do they come to me for? It's about money. It's about relationships. But also sometimes it's about healing. 
um, you right. know, from having these just a lot of people that come to me have a chronic illness as a result of some sort of injury. I've had clients of that have been run over by the semis. I have wow. had clients that have had, you know, serious injury um, from any number of causes um, and are have have disabilities as a result. Um, and so that was the second part of where it was like, I have to make sure that the space I am creating, just like in any other magical working, is raising the energy of my space, raising the vibration of that to be vibrating on a level that, that takes me with it to this, to yeah. this next version of me. And so, um, and so it all sort of developed into this system around making room for what you want in your life, um, incorporating those pieces of get ridding, getting rid of what you don't, um, knowing fully what you want, right? What is the goal? What are we working towards? Are we working towards health? Are we working towards, you know, a, the, the right relationship? You know, it, maybe you're already successful in your business and just, I mean, I get a lot of those women too that are now like, okay, now I'm ready for a man to be in my life. Um, or where are you in business? So you've got to know what that goal is because that's what we're putting our energy towards that we are raising. And then the last piece of it is in the design. Um, because like I was saying, there's so much fake feng shui out there that a lot of people don't even know. Um, and so for me, it's about designing it right into the space invisibly, which is as what it should be. Um, the proper teachings of feng shui will teach you that all feng shui should be invisible in your space. So when you see these ugly things like these bagua mirrors or... Yeah. Um, that's fake feng shui <laughs> or these ugly crystals with some e ching coins on them or all of these things. Those are fake feng shui remedies, but they sell them as feng shui and market them. And then you walk into somebody's house and it's like, oh, you've got feng shui. If you can see the feng shui, it's not feng shui because it's <laughs> supposed to be hidden right into the design. So that's where I bring in, you know, my skills as an interior designer and say, all right, we're going to make this space to make room for the life that you want um, and incorporate sort of everything I've learned over my lifetime, <laughs> how to make magic happen. Yes. And how you to, use your how life to, experience for real. And, and how to bring that vision to life, you know, mm -hmm. because like I said, when I was a kid, I had a vision of, I wanted a business. I also, I, I can remember funny. I can remember fighting with my mom about, well, someday you're going to get married. And what about your husband? Because I hated to cook. I still hate to cook. And my response then was like, well, marry a man who cooks. And guess what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, or I'll order out pizza. So there. <laughs> right. And we did that too. <laughs> like, you know, so but you've got to put that intentionality into it. And be, and, and then be active about it. You have to raise the energy towards it. You've got to be driving the bus. So when you're working with women, what are some of the first steps that they can take to design that place that they love? I say declutter first. Because yeah. you have to declutter everything that you don't love to even get to what you do. 
Um, I have a, I have a, a method, um, that I teach very specifically around decluttering because there's five steps to it. And most people think it's step one and step five. And so, but there's actually five completely independent steps. Um, and actually I usually give that as a gift to the audience, to anyone who is interested and they can download that at declutteryourmindset.com. Um, because I, in, when I talk about my method and when I teach that method, it's not just about decluttering the physical, it is about decluttering the mental and the emotional as well. And we're going to make sure that we add that link to the show notes. So anybody that wants to get information on that can grab that info. Yeah. And that but I always say strike there. Um, well, the best place to connect with me really is in my email. I mean, that is where I am super active. I, I spend a lot of time, um, just talking about how to design a life you love every week in email. Um, I do create content, uh, you know, on YouTube and you can go check that out to sort of get to know me a little bit better, but really where I am, um, talking to people is, is in my email list. Um, just sharing, little details about what you can do to design a life you love little steps here, design a business you love. I talk about that a lot too. Um, just little things that, that make a huge difference. You know, if you've ever heard that expression, little hinges swing big doors, right? It's, um, that would be the best place to connect with me is, is in my email. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Now, one question that we ask everyone at the end of every episode is, you, what is your favorite way to stay organized? Oh, my gosh. I have a system for everything. <laughs> I, have, I have systems within systems within systems. of. I have ADHD, so if I don't have a system, I'm kind of screwed, <laughs> to be honest, because I'll just veer off in a whole other direction and then wind up. Somewhere else. So, I mean, I even have systems for going about cleaning. Um, it's called June bugging. And so it's, you know, like I got a system for coming back to what I'm doing. Like I've got to have a system for absolutely everything, um, to keep it organized. Um, on the other hand, I can, I, it, it, then I can only take so much chaos and, you know, I've got to get back into, um, but it helps it stay peaceful. And it's good for the energy in the space, right? To keep all of my clutter to a minimum and keeping everything so organized. It just like keeps them. Awesome. Well, <laughs> Crystal, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. So glad we were able to make this happen. Thank you for listening. For more information, join us at the PMAgency.com.